0: It's a beautiful morning here this morning. The sun is shining, it's a cold, uh, bright morning. There's a mist on the river which is beginning to lift now and we can see the far side and the yachts uh, on the hard over across the river. It's just beginning to clear away and disappear and the sun is breaking through. Today we come to the last of three men. Mentioned in verse 11 of Jude. Cain, Balaam and Cor. The man we are going to speak about this morning. Cain. We entitled the talk from Cain. Is the self promotion in the things of God. Balaam self-seeking in the things of God. And now we come to Korah, self-assertion in the things of God. We find all we know about Korah in Numbers chapter 16. Verse 11 in Jude said, Woe unto them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. His opposition, his disagreement with Moses and Aaron. For a quick you get out your Bibles as Numbers chapter 16. mentions these three men here, Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. And they were from the tribe of Reuben. And we know that he lost his birthright through a sin a sin of sinful morality. And they rose up in rebellion against Moses together with some of the Israelites, 250 leaders of the congregation chosen in the assembly, men of distinction. And they rose up against Moses and Aaron. And they assembled together against Moses and Aaron. And they said, virtually, you've gone far enough, for all the congregation are holy, every one of them, And the Lord is among us. Why then do you exalt yourself above the assembly of the Lord? We're all holy. We hear this today. Everybody's a Christian. We're all holy. So why do you stand out and discuss where there is sin? And when Moses heard this, He fell on his face downward as if before God. And then he spoke to Korah and this group of people who had gathered 250 princes, and they gathered against Moses and Aaron. And he said to Korah, I'm going to have a stand up about this. And tomorrow, the Lord will show who belongs to him or who doesn't, who is holy, and will bring everything before him. And what I want to do is for you and your group of people to take censors for yourselves, Korah, and all your company and put fire in them and place incense on them in the presence of the Lord tomorrow. And the man whom God chooses shall be the one who is holy and who is to lead this people. You've gone far enough, you sons of Levi. And he said, hear now, ye sons of Levi, does it seem a small thing to you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to him, to do service in the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister them and that he has brought you near to him Korah and all your brothers sons of Levi would you seek the priesthood as well Korah and his family and this group of men that he had gathered around him were were those who served in the tabernacle they were not priests they were the sons of Levi and Moses is saying do you want to take over? Do you want to be priests as well? God has brought you and given you the privilege of working in the tabernacle. Do you want to be priests as well? Is it a small thing? They had been blessed by their position in leading the people in their forms of worship. Therefore I want you to gather before the Lord tomorrow. Each man and the 250 to bring censers. And these were uh, where they put, there was a little bowl sort of thing, and they put fire on us, and then they sprinkled incense on us, and it was a form of worship before God. But when they came to gather, Dathan. And Abram didn't come. And Moses sent for them. And they spoke uh, very rudely to Moses. And they copied in the way that Moses had spoken to them. Is it a small thing? And they said, Is it a small thing? That you have brought us up out of the land of plenty. And they were talking about Egypt. Where they had been slaves. But he said they said is it a small thing. That you have brought us up out of the land of plenty. Flowing with milk and honey. To kill us in the wilderness. But you would also lord over us. You haven't. Brought us into this land flowing with milk and honey. Now given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards. We will not come and meet with you. Then Moses became very angry with them. And he prayed to God and said, Pay no attention to their offering." So Moses arranged it all, you and your company are to appear before the Lord tomorrow, both you and they along with Aaron, and each of you shall take a censer and put the fire on it, and come and stand before the Lord. So the next morning they each took their own censer and put fire on it and laid incense on it and stood at the doorway of the tabernacle with Moses and Aaron. You can imagine the congregation of Israel standing in awe before this meeting of Korah and his group and just on the other side some of the elders with Moses and Aaron They stood at the entrance of the tabernacle and suddenly the glory and brilliance of the Lord appeared before them all before all the congregation of Israel. And then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Separate yourselves from this congregation so that I may consume them immediately but you know, Moses was such a meek and wonderful man. He fell down on his face before the Lord and said, O oh God, when one man sins, will you be angry with the entire congregation? Then God spoke. To Moses, tell the congregation to get away from around the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. Then Moses arose and went to Dathan and Abram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he said to the congregation, Get away from the tents of these wicked men and touch nothing of theirs. Or you will be swept away in all their sin. So they got back away from the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abram. And Dathan and Abram came out and stood at the doorway of their tents. With their wives and their sons and the little ones. They hadn't come to the meeting. They had stayed in their tents. And when Moses came over, they just came out of the tents and stood looking at Moses. And then Moses said, By this shall everybody know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works for I don't act on my own accord if these men die just a normal death that anybody dies and if what happens to everyone happens to them then you will know for sure that the Lord has not sent me but If the Lord creates an entirely new thing and the ground opens its mouth and swallows them up along with all that belongs to them and they descend alive into the place of the dead then you will understand that these men have spurned and rejected the Lord. As soon as Moses finished speaking the ground opened under these men and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all the men who supported Korah with all their possessions. So they and all that belonged to them went down and the earth closed over them and they perished completely. You could imagine. All the people who were round about them fled and cried. The earth may swallow us also. And the men who had the 250 censors these men of renown, fire came forth from the Lord and consumed them. 250 men burned alive by the fire of God. Interesting thing, God then spoke to Moses and he said those censers were hallowed they were used to be used for the presence of God, and he said to somebody, "Get those censers, because they are hallowed; they're holy." They took them out of the burning fire, and they eventually made plates that went onto the burnt offering, the altar of burnt offerings, and. That place was like a, a place that reminded everybody of what had happened to men who had disobeyed and stood out against the God of heaven. And that was that. Well, you'd think it would be, wouldn't you? But no. On the next day, the entire congregation of the Israelites murmured, against Moses and Aaron and do you know what they said you have caused the death of the people of the Lord how easy it is for men to twist words these men Korah and others had risen up in antagonism and rebellion against God And yet, when judgment had come from God, they blamed Moses and Aaron. And God said, get away from the rest of the congregation. He told Moses and Aaron and their families to get away, break away from them. Because he was going to consume the congregation of Israel. and Moses fell on his face before the Lord. And he said to Aaron, quickly get a censer and put fire on it and offer incense to God that he may stop a plague which had started, he realized that God was going to consume the congregation. And Aaron ran through the congregation and separated himself and them from the judgment of God. But not until 14,700 had been destroyed by the plague. And the plague stopped. Then Aaron returned to Moses at the doorway of the tabernacle. For the plague had been brought to an end. What an amazing story that. Read it in Numbers chapter 16. How easy. It is to stir up trouble in congregations, in churches, from jealousy and envy by some of the members. Korah and his associates failed to realise that God had placed Moses and those in authority in Israel. God had placed them there. Moses hadn't placed himself there. God, we know the story, don't we, that God particularly picked out Moses and Aaron to go and arrange the release of Israel from Egypt. Or a wanted self-promotion. And you know it's true in any assembly or local church. If it has been run on truly scriptural grounds, those in authority or in any office within the church are placed there by God. This is a principle sometimes not understood by some members of churches Cora didn't realize this obviously all believers are priests before god all are placed into the church by the holy spirit for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. The Holy Spirit places us into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18. But now hath God sent the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. I was thinking about this. Think for a moment. I remember being fascinated by my grandfather's pocket watch when I was a kid. He would open the back And show me all the tiny moving parts. In even the most simple mechanical watch, apparently one can find over 100 working parts. All fitting in perfectly and crafted to fit into that little watch or the pocket watch that my grandfather used to keep in his waistcoat all working together. While perhaps most people focus solely on the outside appearance of a watch when they're picking one, like a car, a watch should be inspected from the inside, not just from the outside. The important thing to note with a watch is that although the movements may seem overwhelmingly intricate and uh, small and uh, just so so small each part has its purpose and function and no watch can work properly Without each one of those little components working in unison. You know, an example is the hairspring. We used to hear talks about hairsprings and balances and all the rest of it when our watch stopped working. The hairspring is a very fine spiral spring and it regulates the movement of the balance wheel in a watch. The balance of the watch is so important. Otherwise the time may be erratic or the watch will not operate as a useful object to possess. The balance wheel is there. If the hairspring is set incorrectly then the balance of the whole watch is affected. The watch may look beautiful but it is useless as a timekeeper. You know the trouble is people want to be the hour hand. Others might want to be the minute hand but unless the spring, which affects the balance of the clock or the watch is operating correctly, the hour hand or the minute hand and all the other important looking pieces won't work correctly. We have been placed into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read a passage in 1 Corinthians 12. And it just summarizes what we are saying about the pocket watch. But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many, If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Or if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, Where were the smelling? This is very practical stuff. But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Get that? God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. Think of the hair-spring. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honourable, upon these we bestow more abundant honour, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honour to that part which lacked. And God hath said some in the church that they should be no schism in the body, but that, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular." God has placed each one of us and any believer who is by the way a priest in the eyes of God, he is in a position which is important to God. At first it may not necessarily appear so to the person concerned. He may think the Part of the body that he represents is not important. But God has a wonderful overall plan. God has placed us where we are are able to be his ambassadors for him. To work away as his representatives at the task which must be completed in order for the local church, his church, to function as a strong witness for him, balanced and accurate. It may appear to be trivial to me, or unimportant, or even important, whatever. Remember, he places us there. And this applies to all members of the body. For any member to rebel is rebellion against God. And as Korah and his friends so dramatically found out, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10 verse 31 As members of the body of Christ we should all seek to do and to be found willing to fill the appointed place and doing the appointed work where God has put us. And this applies To all believers. In any local church. And the more humbly. Quietly. Friendly. And unpretentiously. We do this. Then. The better it is for all of us. Within. The church. Next week. We look again. And see how the sin of these three men had affected the church in Jude's day. And he explains what they were like and how they affected the church in his day. And how they can still affect churches today.